Amen. The Lord is in this place. How many know that the Lord is in this place? Praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to go into the word of the Lord at this time. And we're going to, I'm going to share a little bit of just what the Lord has done. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what's on my heart. And I'll invite your attention to 2 Chronicles chapter 7. But let me say before I begin how grateful we are to everyone who made the track here from out of state and out of not just out of city, but out of state. Can we give them a great big hand clap? God bless them. Amen. We're so glad to see you here today. And I have several members of our family on my the Urshan side and on the Enos and Ranking side. And we love all of you and are so grateful that you have come from a mighty long way. North Carolina, Indianapolis, and, and we're so grateful to see all of you here today. God bless you. In the name of the Lord. And we're so glad to see Sister Lisa here from Fort Lauderdale. God bless you, Sister Lisa. And Sister Lynn from Fort Lauderdale. Of course, Cincinnati claims you, but, but, but you came from Fort Lauderdale. And man, they arrived in the... It's not quite as pretty here. as It's, it's pretty, but in a much different way uh, than it would be in Fort Lauderdale. But we're so grateful. And I know it's good to see the Bertrands here. God bless them. And Pamela, so good to see this wonderful family. And uh, we're just grateful. And I know I'm missing folks, but just to see everybody come in. I know it's a sacrifice to do it at all, let alone in this kind of weather. And we're so thankful that you are here today. I see the Van Slykes here. God bless them. So many people have come in who have been supportive of this process and this journey from the outset. And we honor you and we thank you and we appreciate all that you have done to be a blessing to Tree of Life Church. Can we give them a great big hand again? God bless you. Amen. And to Tree of Life Church, can we give Tree of Life Church a great big hand of appreciation? You are such a special people, and I thank God for you. You have been such a blessing to this city, to one another, and, and the best is yet to come. I'm thankful for my family, my beautiful wife and my daughters and my son-in-law and my grandbaby, God bless them, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, my sister and brother-in-law and nephews and nieces and cousins and uncles, amen. And, uh, and uh, Ethan is here from, Fort, he's also here from Fort Lauderdale. My goodness, this is wonderful to see so many people here. And I see, I see Brother Huff back there. God bless you, Brother Huff from Kokomo, Indiana. God bless you. My goodness, it's just wonderful. What a blessing, what a blessing. We're so thankful, and I do apologize if I've missed anybody, but we honor you today who are watching via live stream. Uh, we, we announced a lot. We said it this way. We said a live stream only and a studio audience, and we said it that way because if we, we didn't want anybody to feel bad. We know you want to be here and that you would be here, and we want you to know that we understand uh, that these roads are very difficult to navigate and in some places impossible. And we understand that. We know you're here in spirit. But we did make sure to mention there'll be a studio audience so that people knew they could come and, and be here if they were able. And 
uh, we just wanted everybody to be able to do what they needed to do without any feeling of, of uh, false guilt. Amen. And so we're glad that all are able to be here and those that are watching online. And to all of our guests, if this is your first time here, can we give all of our guests a great big hand clap? God bless you. We're so honored that you would be here. Even if it's not just your first time, second time, third time, we're just so honored that you're here today, and we're grateful for you. And Brother Ron Morris, always good to see you from Zion Temple. God bless you. Love and honor you, sir. Appreciate you so much. Amen. It's just good. And you know what? We've said it in our singing, but we need to be thankful to the Lord. Hallelujah for his many blessings. Praise God. Praise God. Second Chronicles chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. I'll stop here and say, Brother uh, Sam Nip wrote me this morning and said, hey, if the snow stops us this morning, don't worry that even when Solomon built his temple, the priests couldn't enter in because the glory had filled the house. I appreciated that perspective in case we had a situation of that nature. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord, and King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God, and the priests waited on their offices, the Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord, because his mercy endureth forever. When David praised by their ministry and the priests sounded trumpets before them and all Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hallowed the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offerings and the fat of the peace offerings because the brazen altar which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. Verse number 11. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came unto Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and in his own house he prosperously effected. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning on the subject, a chosen and sanctified house. A chosen and sanctified house. Can we lift up our voice unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon 
the preaching of his word and upon this gathering of people both here and abroad. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness and for that faithfulness that you have imparted to your people. I pray today that as your word goes forth, it will be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Help us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Move upon us. Help us to hear you, to draw near unto you, to be ever closer to you, Lord. We give you all praise and honor in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It was uh, in the month of September 2012, I was preaching a conference in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I had preached a Friday night and I was preaching a Saturday morning. And I had finished preaching, had grabbed a bite for lunch that they had prepared at the end of the convention. And then the gentleman that was hosting me said uh, we're all set to go to the airport at this time and so I uh, jumped into the car with my bags in tow and we headed to the Toronto International Airport and as we were uh, headed there uh, we had to go across the city to get to the airport and we hit an, an infamous Toronto rush hour traffic jam it's different than Cincinnati uh, Cincinnati's rough in its own way, but Toronto is a different story. And, and that traffic jam, uh, it just kind of shut the whole interstate down. And as we sat there on that freeway, time was a ticking, a tick, tick, ticking away. And I was getting nervous because I knew that I didn't have uh, too much time. I had, I had time if things went smoothly, but... All of a sudden, we're sitting there for 30 minutes and 45 minutes and, and, and into an hour and beyond an hour, and I'm realizing I'm, this is moving me into the realm of missing my flight. And that was not okay because uh, that next morning, we were going to be launching uh, a service. We're going to be holding a service where we would be launching a capital campaign called The Bridge Project. And it was not at all negotiable that I could miss this flight. And so we weaved and wove our way through the, the traffic as best we could and arrived at the airport right on time to miss that flight. And uh, as I went in, knowing that it, there was just no way to make the flight, I, I begged and pleaded and to no avail to, to get onto another flight. Everything was, there was nothing else going out and I was now at the uh, short end of the stick, if you please. And, I, and I, I was rapidly trying to understand what I could do. And I, I went to Avis and said, hey, I need help. And God bless Avis. They don't normally do it, but they let me drive a one-way rental across the border uh, from Toronto and into Cincinnati. And that's what I did. I drove from Toronto to Cincinnati, got into Cincinnati about 4.30 a.m. and uh, laid down for a little nap and got up for church and we launched the bridge project. And uh, that was the day that I asked the congregation to believe with me that God would provide us 
the means to build a building that was much larger than the one we were in. And I was hopeful and prayerful that, that everyone would agree. I knew our leadership team agreed because we were all in one mind and in one accord. And as we were looking to, to launch this project, it was amazing. Out of the gate, the hand of God began to move. The spirit of the Lord began to move. And I'd love to see a show of hands of those who were here for the launch of the bridge project. Could we see just a show of hands? God bless you. Brother Tierney, Pastor Tierney and Sister Tierney, it's so good to see you here this morning. They're, as you know, many they're, they're pastoring in Manchester, Ohio. They're also here at Tree of Life Church, but it's rare they're able to be here on a Sunday morning. But they're here today. Praise the Lord. God bless them. We love them so much. Amen. And they were an integral part of the bridge project and, and on through, the, of course, ready now and, and even now. But, but that day when we launched, something shifted in our thinking. Our eyes lifted in faith to the horizon of what God would have. The bridge project was what we named it because uh, it just seemed right. It seemed to kind of encapsulate what we were trying to accomplish. And that is exactly what it became. It was the bridge that brought us to Cooper Road. When we arrived to Cooper Road, that was 2012. We sold the building in Kenwood in 2013. And when we sold the building, we negotiated in the contract that we would have 12 months to get out of the building because we didn't expect that to be the easy part of the process. We thought moving a commercial building would be a little challenging. So we put that on the market and then we began to look for our own place. That sold quickly. Now we're in a situation where we have 12 months. We, they were kind. The Mission Baptist Church was kind to negotiate with us. And we asked for 12 months of remaining in our building until they took possession. And about five months in, we had gone through a couple of different options. We had exercised some different uh, options. We had gone sightseeing and sight visiting and all sorts of different. We sat down with several executive teams and realtors and commercial investors and and the process was underway. I remember coming to a installation of my dear friend, Pastor Paul and Brooke Pamer in Barberton, Ohio. We, we went to their installation and we were about seven months now into this process, five months from having to get out of our building and no prospect in sight. We had looked at Gospel Baptist, but it wasn't for sale. And they just basically said, we're not interested so we were, we were scrambling through the city. As I was at this installation, I saw a pastor from Florida who said, how's that building uh, search coming along? And I said, oh, well, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're doing, putting our best foot forward. Well, do you have any leads? No, not really. Anything coming together? No, 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 nothing coming together at all. And uh, I'll never forget him saying, man, what are you thinking? And it stunned me. He said, you, 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 this could go south fast. And I thought, he's right. This could go south really fast. And I came home and I was, the next few nights, I was pacing the floor, praying and searching and seeking God. My wife said, you need to pray and you need to put all of this in the hands of the Lord. She was right. And I did. I put it all in the hands of the Lord. And as I prayed, the Lord spoke to me so clearly, and this is what he said. He said, consider the lilies, how they toil not, neither do they spin. 
yet Solomon, which is, this is a reference to Solomon's temple, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed as one of these lilies, which today is in the field and tomorrow it is in the oven. If God then so clothed that grass of the field, how much more shall he clothe you? Take no thought for the morrow, what you shall wear, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Don't worry, sufficient to the day is the evil thereof. And this is what the Lord said in that passage. This is what you do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Father knows what you have need of. And I stood up before the congregation that next Sunday, Brother David Jordan, you remember that day. I stood up before the congregation and I said, you know what? We don't know where we're going to be in five months. We got to be somewhere, bless God, but we don't know where it's going to be and we're not going to worry about it. We've got experts on it. We're going to let them worry about it. We're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We're going to pray and we're going to worship and we're going to preach and we're going to teach and we're going to reach lost souls and we're going to have church and we're going to fast and we're going to seek God and we're going to do everything we can. We're going to do kingdom work and let God take care of everything else. Not only did we manage to get out of there within the 12 months, we were out in 10 months. It was only three months, four months after that conversation with my friend at that particular installation from Florida that I, we were able to close the deal on Cooper Road and we set up shop in 2014 and 2015 at gospel, what was Gospel Baptist Church on Cooper Road in Montgomery, Ohio, just two miles away from Kenwood where we had been for 30 plus years. And it was an interesting thing because the Kenwood building was built by... Bishop and Sister Buller, Brother Glenn Durst, God bless our dear brother, Brother Glenn Durst. We love you, Sister Alma. And that beautiful building that he built under the pastorate of Bishop and Sister Buller, which our vestibule and lobby area we're going to be dedicating to the memory of Bishop Leroy Buller and, of course, Sister Evelyn Buller, whom we love and we pray for her as the Lord continues to give her healing. But we want the Leroy and Evelyn Buller Family Fellowship Center, the Family Welcome Center, to be a place where anybody that walks in, we want them to feel like family, the way Bishop and Sister Buller made people feel like family. When these seats are packed and children's ministry area is packed and, and, and 1,000, 1,200 and, and plus people are jammed into this campus, we want everybody to know they're part of a great, big, happy family in Jesus. And so that beautiful building was where we had been for 30 years and moving to Gospel Baptist the, the building of Gospel Baptist Church was different. It was, it was a different kind of building. It was an older building. The one we had left was modern and, and well-appointed. Everything was, had a flow to it. There was, there, was a, a nice, uh, there was a nice logistical appropriation to it. And when we moved to this building, to us it felt different. It felt a little disjointed. There were, there were bi-levels and, and there were four levels. And, and to go anywhere, you had to go down some stairwell and it was just odd and different it took some getting used to and what I found in this process of transitioning and working for the Lord and relocating and things of that nature you're going to have to be able to adjust and and what a beautiful thing that we saw this morning when the heavens opened and we 
And we've been praying for God to pour out the Holy Ghost. And my brother preached a masterpiece of a message one time called, Sometimes It's Like the Snow. And that's what it was on January 22nd, 2023. It was sometimes like the snow. And, and we didn't expect it, but you know what? It didn't phase us because we are an adjustable people. We know how to flow and to flex and to move and to operate. And this is why, this is why we understand that the people that do know their God, they shall do exploits. The great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. We overcome every adversity. We overcome every principality. We overcome every challenge that, that comes our way. And we did it then in 2014 and 15. And we were sitting next to Sycamore Christian Church, which was another five acres on, that were adjacent to this land. And as we sat in a meeting one day, uh, talking about what we were going to be doing and the, the various renovation needs of the Gospel Baptist Church building. I'll never forget Brother Tom Rockland, our treasurer. He said, we're going to have to buy Sycamore Christian Church. And it shocked me. I wasn't expecting that. We thought we might in five years or six years. And I said, well, yeah, but you sound urgent when you say that. And he said, I think we need to do it right away. And we started praying about it and by the end of that year, we had put an offer into Sycamore Christian Church. We never dreamed we'd be able to get that property so quickly. But by, the, by 2016, we had five more acres and the Sycamore Christian Church, the beautiful annex that we have here on our property. We joined the properties later that year, the next year. And it all became one campus. And with the two houses that we own, there's 13 acres right here on Cooper Road. Praise be to God. <laughs> Praise be to God. And then in 2018, 2017, we, we had some tremendous uh, improvements to our ministry team and staff. Amen. Brother and Sister Tierney came on board. Brother and Sister Kovach came on board. And we had uh, so many wonderful things take place. 2018, we launched into our Ready Now campaign. And, and did God ever bless. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when our leaders stood up and committed to giving. Over the course of 36 months, they committed to giving $2.2 million, just, just the leaders of the church. And the church ended up giving a, a lot more money than, than just that $2.2 million. In fact, we're, we've had a goal in the last uh, since March of 2022, we've had a goal of, of reaching $1.2 million, and we've already given, by the grace of God, $650,000 plus toward that $1.2 million, and we're going to keep on till we reach the other side. Amen. But in 2018, it was a beautiful year. I, I would say that year, as far as the, just pastoring, it seemed like one of the greatest years in that particular respect because there was so much sacrificial giving. And anytime there's sacrificial giving, there's going to be abundant blessing. Blessing in the church, blessing upon the people who are doing the giving. And so there was so much blessing, blessing, blessing in 2018. And I just thought, man, I've been waiting all my ministry to get to this point where we can just kind of glide the rest of the way. And 2018 concluded with a 
resounding challenge from our neighbors whom we love and, and respect and honor. And I thank God for the city of Montgomery. And I'm grateful for the great revival that's coming to this city. But they had some concerns about a big new church building being built, and I can understand that. And there are a lot of improvements happening in this city and in this particular area. And so we were just another part of, of the development in this area, and it just looked like too much to our neighbors. And they, and they protested it, and they, at the time, they really felt like it was, it was worth defeating the, the, op, the idea of building. And so they, they even uh, circulated petitions uh, for that effect, but... But uh, it wasn't to be. God had given us a mandate to come and build the building, and we did. And our neighbors have been supportive of us since that process uh, underwent and, and have voiced that support and expressed that support to us, and we're grateful for that. And we give God praise for that. That was 2019. It was a full year of trying to achieve that permit. And then, of course, uh, we got the permit, and we gave praise to God, and we shouted, and we danced, and we rejoiced. And then 2020 rolled around, and I was ready for a reprieve because 2019 was just a little bit much. And uh, in 2020, man, we had 2020 vision. We could see clearly now the rain was gone, and we, we could see all uh, obstacles in our way. <laughs> And, and we had no clue, but over the horizon was coming a global pandemic that shut the world down, and we went to multiple services when we did reopen. Some of you are watching live stream right now because of the blizzard, and you remember this very well because you were watching live stream back then. We had to go live stream only for a little while. And when we did, it just was odd. It was strange. But I'm glad to tell you that the church bound together, amen, and prayed together and sought God together. And, and, and even from a financial perspective, since we're even talking about finances, even from a financial perspective, do you know that the people of God in 2020 at Tree of Life Church gave over $770,000 just already now during 2020? That is a miracle. And we ought to praise God every day for the faithfulness of his people. We're standing here today because of the faithfulness of God's people. Amen. And so 2020 gave way to 2021 and we had multiple services and that was a little disjointed because our half our congregation wasn't here in either service Many were watching on live stream. Neither service were what we were used to. We were used to shoulder to shoulder. We were used to, if you wanted to raise your hands, you had to, you know, almost knock somebody out. If you wanted to clap your hands, you had to elbow them in the ribs. And that was church to us. That felt like church. And, and then all of a sudden we've got space in the aisles and we're moving chairs to the side. And, and everybody's coming in a little bit nervous because we don't know where you've been this last week. And, and, and we don't know what you're carrying in here with you and it was just a strange time and 2021 rolled around and when 2021 uh, came in we were we were eyeing the light at the end of the tunnel in May of 2021 we went back to one service and what a joy it was to have all of the people together again worshiping God not everybody made it back to that one service but a lot did and we were able to worship God together again and it felt so so good and three weeks later, our construction manager came to us and said, we've got bad news. The bad news is you've got to get off this property 
and you got to make plans in the next few weeks to be out of here, and we don't know when you're going to be able to come back onto this property. And we said, but this is where we worship. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I really am. I wish there was another way, but we've got to take all the utilities out, and we've got to replace the utilities with the new utilities for the new building. And we had to get out of this campus in 2021 indefinitely and what what nobody really knew at the time except except the leadership of the church was that we had already been talking to brother Sizemore in the Grace Point Church because we felt like there was going to be a time where we could worship together and a partnership could be made possible and when we asked when do we need to be out they said you'll have to be out on the beginning of July and, and what, what they didn't know is that Brother Sizemore and I had already decided to worship together at the Grace Point facility on July 4th, 2021. Amen. And what started as a one, as an idea for one service together ended up being eight months together, worshiping God, melding together, merging together. Amen. And our and, and the Grace Point Church became a part of the Tree of Life Church. And that took place in April of 2022. And we thank God for that. And we thank God for the addition of all of our Grace Point brothers and sisters who are now Tree of Life. And we thank God for Brother and Sister Sizemore and their family. Amen. And we, we enter 2022 and we come to the conclusion of our building program. And as, as the year came to an end and we entered into 2023, here we are today with uplifted hands. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire inside is delightful. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. We've come here to magnify the Lord and to lift up his name. We've come through worse storms than this and we're going to keep on moving until the Lord fulfills his promise to his people. I'm telling you that the best is yet to come. I'm telling you that there are good days and greater days and better days on the horizon. I've come to tell you that we have not yet begun to see all that God will do. And I'm going to tell you when you come through what I just described, from that day trying to get to the Toronto International Airport and, and, and then standing here today, 10 and a half years later, my son-in-law Zachary Glasgow said, how do you feel? What, what's, what's an emotion you have coming into this building? And I said, grateful, grateful that we made it that we came through, that we, that we got through all that we came through, that we, that we fought through the oddities of COVID, that we fought through the challenges of permit battle, that we, that we raised the money we needed to buy this property and that property and build this building and, and buy all the properties we needed to buy. Grateful that we were able to merge with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Grateful that we were able to, to navigate all of these challenges. I'm grateful. And I am grateful. And he asked... Brother Enos, my father-in-law, he said, Oh, Paul, what, what is the one emotion you have? He asked us separately, and Brother Enos said, Excited, because we're at the starting line. I said, That sounds like a missionary to me. I need to take some notes. 
I'm here thinking about all we have had happen to us, and he's thinking about all that's getting ready to come. That's where we have to fix our eyes. We've got, to, as grateful as we are, we have to now shift our focus from what we've done and what we've been through to where we're going and what is coming. Because, oh, there are good days coming. I want you to hear me today. Those of you watching on live stream, we miss you. We wish you were able to be here today. And I want you to know we may be having our first Sunday, but it's not our first Sunday together because we look forward to you being here with us in this place. And I thank God for everybody here that was lifting up praise unto his name. Don't stop praising his name. Don't stop clapping your hands. Don't stop dancing for joy. Don't stop lifting up the mighty name of Jesus. He is worthy to be praised. That first Sunday that we were here in this building on uh, in, in 2014, we were so excited. Do you know that last service we had in Kenwood? Another show of hands, please. Were you here for that last service in Kenwood? Anybody remember? We about tore that whole place down before we got out of there. My goodness, that, 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 the building was shaking. It was rocking. And, and it was just power-packed. And, man, we were ready to run through a troop and leap over a wall. We were ready to claim every mountain and every stronghold was coming down. And we walked into this building in 2014 the following week and 501 people showed up in that first service in that building. Don't ask me how we got them in there, but we, they did somehow. And somebody, somebody said, oh my word, 501 people, what are we going to do if the fire marshal shows up? And Brother Norman Storms, our beloved usher, he said uh, in, his, in his way, he said, well, he said, if, if uh, we have 501 people and the fire marshal shows up, I guess we'd have 502. <laughs> Amen. I mean, you're right. That's exactly what that would turn out to be. And, 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 and we, were just, we were ready. And I'll never forget, man, we were ready to tear that building up just like we had the week before. And right in the middle of, I think it was, can't nobody do me like Jesus, all of the power went off. I mean, off, off. Like, I can't stop singing off because if I do stop singing, then I'm going to have to talk and nobody's going to be able to hear what I'm saying. So I had to, we repeated nobody, nobody, I think 45 times over the next five minutes. And, and so that was our introduction. And I remember the message that I preached was, welcome to this tabernacle. Welcome to this tabernacle. And the idea was... It was a disjointed building. It was different than what we were used to. It wasn't well appointed like the other one. It wasn't even as modern as the other one. And I wanted people to know, don't be discouraged. Don't think we're taking a step down. We're, we're taking one step back to take several steps forward. And I said, welcome to this tabernacle. And I was likening it to the tabernacle in the wilderness that Moses had constructed. Because that tabernacle in the wilderness is where God met the people. And he met the priest and he atoned their sins. And this is where they communed with God. And on the inside of that building was beautiful. It was gold. It was, there were furnishings of gold and furnishings of brass. And, and it was a magnificent place. On the inside of the actual curtains of the holy place and the holiest of all places, everything was overlaid with gold. Golden altar and, and of incense and, and, and golden table of showbread. And, and then there, of course, was the, in the holy of, holy of all places, it was the golden ark of the covenant overlaid with gold, I should say. Everything was overlaid with gold. And, 
and it was beautiful on the inside, but the outside of it was nothing to, to write home about, as they say. It was nothing to, to celebrate. In fact, the Bible says it was covered with badger's skins. And that's really a symbol of what we are. Paul said we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. And so what we have in God, it's not the outside that, that is so magnificent. It's one of the reasons why we don't adorn the outside of our body. We, we want the ornament of the, the ornaments to be on the inside of our body. We want it to be the invisible things about us that are so beautiful. The ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit and the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith. We want the things nobody can see, but that everybody can feel and everybody can experience. It's not about bringing glory to us as a person. It's about bringing glory to the God who saved us. So welcome to this tabernacle, I said in 2014, because this is, it's overlaid with badger skins. This is a little rough and raw right now, but, but we're headed to the temple. We're going to build the temple. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank God we're, we're in what I was referring to at that time as the temple. Now we understand the temple that I, I was, I was using the symbolism of Solomon's temple and connecting it to the idea that we would be building a larger building, a worship center. But just as can be said of Solomon's temple, should be said of this worship center, that his temple is a temple not made with hands. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that the church is the temple of the Holy Ghost. But there needs to be a place where the people of God can gather and worship together. That's what the Bible tells us and commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So the temple was of vital importance and the temple in Solomon's day was of vital importance and we're reading about that dedication of that temple when Solomon built it. And this temple was different than that old badger skin covered tabernacle in the wilderness. It was a magnificent temple. It was the envy of the world. And I, 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 I will spare you all of the details, but I, I, I could take a lengthy amount of time and go through all of the gold and all of the silver and all of the, all of the uh, uh, marble and all of the ivory, all of the beautiful brass, everything that was present in that temple and, and the cedars of Lebanon that were brought in from, from, from Lebanon and all of the woodworking and all of the brass working and all of the gold smithing and everything that was put into that temple, it is something that is utterly unfathomable. They estimate that in today's dollars it could cost upward of $6 billion to build what Solomon built in that day. And it was, it was a magnificent temple. Famously in the scriptures, the queen of the south or the queen of Sheba, the Bible says she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And she came with a caravan of spices and herbs and gifts to give to Solomon. His fame had spread around the world and she came with all of her entourage and all of her caravan and all of her camels and horses and spices and simply to hear his wisdom. And when she arrived, she, now listen ladies and gentlemen, whatever she heard that brought her from the uttermost part of the earth must have been really something. 
because it brought her from the uttermost part of the earth. You don't leave the uttermost part of the earth unless there's really something to look at. You don't go down the street unless there's really some reason to go down the street. You know, with Amazon Prime anymore, you, you really DoorDash and Uber Eats and Lyft and whatever else you got. You, you, people don't even leave the house anymore if they don't want to. But, but this queen of the south, queen of Sheba, she came from the uttermost part of the earth. So what she had heard about Solomon had really, had really fascinated her and brought her to his place. And when she arrived, the Bible says that her breath was taken away. She said, the Bible said she had no more spirit in her. This means there was no more pneuma in her. There was no more breath left in her. She was in total awe of what she saw. She said it this way. She said, what I heard was magnificent, but happy are thy servants, and the half has not been told. Whatever half had been told was pretty amazing. But the half had not been told. That's the splendor and the glory and the magnificence of Solomon's temple. And we're reading about it here when Solomon makes an end of praying. And, and man, there are golden lions and there are ivory peacocks and there are, there's, there's lily work. I mean, it, to, to describe this beautiful place is, is absolutely impossible to, to overstate how magnificent it was. And Solomon makes an end of praying and the Bible says that fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Solomon in the middle of all of this splendor, in the middle of all of this magnificence, nothing like that old beat-up, ragtag tabernacle in the wilderness. Nothing like that badger-skin-covered tabernacle. This is a temple worth celebrating. And do you know what, you know what Solomon did right in the middle of that magnificent temple? The Bible said he brought in 22,000 oxen and he brought in 120,000 sheep and while the priests are bringing them in, they're sacrificing, 20, listen, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. They're sacrificing them. I don't want to, I don't want to uh, you know, disappoint you for your lunch today, but let me just say, that was not a pretty sight. And it's right there in front of everybody, in front of God, and everybody in front of all of the dignitaries that gathered, all of the rulers, all of this blood is going everywhere. And, and Solomon is just, it's 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. It's just being sacrificed right there in the middle. There were so many people who brought so many sacrifices to the temple that they didn't have any more room on the altar. They had to hallow the middle, whole middle court had to be hallowed as an altar as they sacrificed these animals to the Lord. This was the old Mosaic law. And I want to point something out. Yeah, it was a beautiful temple. Yeah, there was marble. Yeah, there was ivory. Yeah, it was modern. Yeah, it was, it was state-of-the-art. Yes, people are coming from the uttermost parts of the earth to see it. Yes, it was as good as it gets. Yes, it was nothing like that old badger-skin tabernacle in the wilderness. But there are some things that can never change about the presence of the Lord. And the blood of the lamb is one of those things that can never change. 
And now all of that was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. If you remember that crucifixion of Jesus Christ, John the Baptist said of him, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of all that Lamb. So we don't have animal sacrifices anymore. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have animal sacrifices anymore. The song said, you don't have to slay a lamb anymore. You don't have to paint any more blood on your door. I know someone who's taken the place of the lamb. His name is Jesus, the great I am. But I want you to know that we still believe in the power of that blood that Jesus shed on that old rugged cross. And we're never going to get so modern and we're never going to get so state of the art that we are not committed to the things that save a soul from the uttermost. We're never going to get to the point where we don't have to repent from our sins, that we don't have to praise our God. I'm going to tell you what brought us here. The preaching of Jesus brought us to this point. The prayers of the saints brought us to this point. Fasting and believing brought us to this point. That dancing and shouting and worshiping and rejoicing brought us to this point. So don't you let the lights fool you and don't you let the new seats fool you. Don't get too comfortable. Don't you fall asleep on me in those comfortable, cushy seats because we came to give God praise. We came to magnify the name that is above every name. Let me tell you something. If you've never been to a Pentecostal service before, or maybe you have, but, but if you've never seen people respond the way they did just a moment ago, I want to encourage you not to be frightened by it or not to think it strange. It may be different than other places, but I just want to make you understand it, if I may. There is a joy down deep in our soul. It is a joy that is down deep in our soul. And sometimes the Bible calls it, it's a joy unspeakable. Sometimes you can't put the words into place. You can't articulate it and the only thing that will articulate it is a clapping of the hands and a stomping of the feet and a, a leaping. We call it leaping for joy. We call it dancing for joy. And you'd have to understand where some people came from. You'd have to know that there was a time when they were suicidal but now they can't wait to see the sunlight of a new day. There was a time where they were weeping themselves Themselves. Hallelujah. Trying to go to sleep in a rehab somewhere. But today they lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. You just have to understand they were knock, knock, knocking on death's door. And they thought they'd for surely die. But today they stand redeemed from destruction. And they're grateful to the God of their salvation. I wish I could explain it, but it is joy unspeakable. I wish I could articulate it, but it is a peace that passes understanding. And Tree of Life, we can never lose that. We can never become so sophisticated that we... That we forget what brought us here. We didn't get here by being sophisticated. We got here by surrendering all. We didn't get here by, by being somehow cognizant of how we look in front of everybody else. Now, mind you, we have to do all things in decent, in, in decently. We have to do it decently, not indecently, but decently. In 
space, decency. Amen. And in order, we've got to be decent and we have to be orderly. But in decency and in order, we must praise him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. We ought to fill these hallways and highways with praise and dancing and shouting and rejoicing for this simple reason. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet up on a rock to stay. Now we don't have all the marble and the gold and the ivory and the cedars of Lebanon, but this is a pretty nice building. And it's got some cutting edge quality to it. And it's, it's got some state of the art quality to it. And I'm grateful to God for it. But we will never be without the need for sacrifice. And we're not going to preach to tickle the ears of humanity from this pulpit. We're going to preach the blood of the Lamb that saves. We're going to preach the name of Jesus that is a strong tower. We're going to preach, hallelujah, the power of the Holy Ghost that will set men and women free. And I'm going to tell you something. Our world is open to it now more than ever. They're open to it now more than ever. It has become abundantly clear that the world has lost their direction. And they've lost their way. They've lost their way. And what used to be common sense just doesn't, it, it, nobody, nobody makes sense. And everybody's afraid to make sense. Because they'll be canceled if they make sense. And, and, they, and they know that. And it's just what has become of our world. And make no mistake about it. This is not the time for the church to run and hide. This is not the time for the church to retreat. This is the time for the church to be who we are. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the city set on a hill that cannot be hid. We need to do it in love. But we need to speak the truth and speak it in love. And we need to demonstrate love. And we need to show love. Come on, let's show the world who Jesus Jesus has been to us. If he loved you when you were unlovable, you ought to love them if they're unlovable. Hallelujah. He loved me when I didn't love myself. He didn't give up on me when I had given up on myself. I'm not about to give up on this world. I'm not about to give up on my neighbors because the Lord is a good God. Hallelujah. So Solomon said, hey, this may be a beautiful temple, but some things never change. Hallelujah. Worship will never change. The gospel will never change. Holiness will never change. Truth will never change. The love of God will never change. It may be challenging, but it will never change. Hallelujah. And, and Solomon is praying this prayer. And I love, I love when he does this. Listen, it, it brings us into this most well-known and famous passage of scripture we quoted a lot during COVID because it talks about the Lord turning back all of the sickness and so forth. But 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, you may have heard the scripture, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And, and, and that's a great verse to quote, but, but it's important to recognize what, what preceded it. When Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart, the Lord made it to be prosperously affected. And the Lord said, I've heard your prayers and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. And then he said, there may come a day when I shut up the heaven 
There may come a day where there be no rain. There may come a day where I command the locusts to devour the land and I may send pestilence among my people. And then this is when he says it. If my people, and I want you to hear me very clear, this is always within our reach. I don't care where you are. This is always within your reach. If my people, which are called by my name, here it is, are you ready? All of these, be ready to do all of these, shall humble themselves. One of your biggest challenges is you will not humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. But if you will humble yourselves and pray and seek his face. And this is the other part that people have a hard time with. You know, people kind of like the middle two, praying and seeking his face. That's actually kind of fun for people. Now, not for everybody, but you might. You might pray, and you might even seek his face. But you got a hard time with that. Humble yourself. And you got a real hard time with this one. Turn from their wicked ways. Now, you won't hear this everywhere you go. But, but I want you to know, we're going to sacrifice these 22,000 oxen and these 120,000 sheep. It may be old-fashioned, and it may look like the old badger skin tabernacle, but it'll never, be, it'll never stop being preached in this pulpit that, that you've got to humble yourself, and you have to turn from your wicked ways. And if you will humble yourself, it'll be easier to pray, it'll be easier to seek his face, and it will be easier to turn from your wicked ways. And if you will do that, he will hear from heaven. He will forgive your sin. He will heal your land. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like repent of your sins and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And here it is. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I'm going to keep on quoting. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my God, have mercy. And the Bible says, the Lord said, Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen, he chose it, and sanctified this house. That's how, we, that's how he chooses and sanctifies houses. Not because they're beautiful buildings, not because the right colors were chosen. Not because of the quality of materials. Not because of the, even the sacrifice put into making it happen. Here's what makes him choose and sacrifice, sanctify the house. Is when we will make those sacrifices. Stay true to the divine pattern. Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek his face. Turn from our wicked ways. He will choose this place. He will sanctify this place. And here's what I really want to bring to you today. That my name may be there forever that my eyes may be there forever and that my heart may be there perpetually and I've preached too long already I'm just going to speed through this and I wish I didn't have to but but let me tell you we want his eyes here we want his heart here we want his name here I want you to know we are committed that when people come into this place the name of the Lord is a strong tower, a strong tower for me. I want everybody to be able to walk into this house and feel the loving embrace of the church. 
Hallelujah. I want you to know that when you walk into this place, you can have a name swap. You, you listen, you may be embarrassed by some of the things you did under the, under the label of your name. There may be some things you regret, some things you wish you hadn't done. If that's you, join the club. That's all of us. Every single one of us have things we regret, but it is forever recorded in the, in the history books of in the judgment books of heaven, what you did with your name. But here, that name of Jesus is exalted. And that name is an innocent name. It's a blameless name. It's a holy name. It's a pure name. And you can come into this house and you can give him your name and all the deeds you've done wrong. And he'll nail that to the old rugged cross. You go down in the waters of baptism. I can't wait for our first baptism, y'all. I just can't wait to baptize some folks in the precious name of Jesus. Jesus Christ and when you go down in that water and come up in Jesus name you come up with a new name on you it's a new name on your person and now when you stand in judgment you don't stand there as the person who did all the things you did wrong you stand there as he who did all things right there's a new name his name is Jesus his name, he said, my name shall be there. He said, my eyes, my eyes shall be there. I want the eyes of the Lord in this place. Let me tell you about the eyes of the Lord just really quick, and I'm coming to a close. Our musicians can even come. I'm coming to a close. The eyes of the Lord. I want the eyes of the Lord in this place. Do you know what the book of Revelation says? The book of Revelation says that the Lamb of God, listen to this, had seven eyes. Seven eyes. And those seven eyes are the seven spirits of God. Those seven spirits of God, God's eyes are those seven spirits. You know what those seven spirits are? The spirit of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, wisdom and might and, and strength and counsel and understanding. These are the seven spirits of God and these are the seven eyes of God. And when we say the eyes of the Lord are in this place, I want you to know that the Lord's eyes are in this place. And that's a good thing. Because it's not just the eyes of people here, it's the eyes of the Lord. And, and God doesn't look through eyes the way we do. He looks through those seven eyes. And let me give you an example of how that works. There's a story in the Bible of when a lady was caught in the act of adultery. And they were ready to stone her. And they brought her to Jesus and they threw her down at the feet of Jesus. And they were ready to stone her and take her life for the sins she committed. And they threw her down at the feet of Jesus. And she was terrified. But she was at the safest place she could be. And I want you to know that those who are caught in the very acts of their sin, I want this to be the safest place they can be. When they arrive at the feet of Jesus, they're going to find that he doesn't just look upon them with these two narrow eyes of humanity, but he looks upon them through the seven spirits of God. He looks upon them through wisdom and understanding. Can I tell you, you have an understanding, God. He looks at them through might and through counsel. When he looks upon a person who is broken, this woman caught in the act of adultery, he had one eye on this woman, and he had another eye on her past, and he had another eye on her heart that wanted to do good but was broken inside, had another eye on the humiliation she was feeling had another eye on the abuse that she had experienced that set her on the wrong trajectory. I'm telling you, when his eyes are here, you have a God who understands. 
That's why Jesus said, let him that hath no sin cast the first stone. Who among you is worthy to cast the first stone? And the, the powerful thing about that is that there was one who could. And it was him. He had no sin. But he did not cast a stone. Every one of them, starting from the eldest to the youngest. Brother Ethan preached this one time. From the eldest to the youngest, they started dropping their stone. And Jesus said, where are thine accusers? She said, Lord, I have none. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. That's what the eyes of the Lord will do. The eyes of the Lord will deliver someone from their sin. He said, my heart shall be there perpetually. I want the heart of God at the Tree of Life Church. I want the heart of God to be known. The Bible doesn't immediately start with talking about the heart of God. It talks a lot about your heart and my heart and their heart. And it talks about a hardness of heart. And it talks about a stubborn heart. All through the first portion of the Word of God, it's, it's about other people's hearts that are broken, that are hardened, that are stubborn, that, that we must serve God with all of our heart. But then God looks at a little shepherd boy and said, there's a man after my own heart. And if we will be after his heart, the heart of God, then that heart will be here perpetually and his anointing will flow. And we'll have power over giants and over lions and over bears and over any other foe that may come against us. Oh, praise his name. This week I was at an amazing convention in Alexandria because of the times. I was preparing to preach Thursday night. And a wonderful woman of God that I have great respect for came to me and she said, I was praying for you last week. I was fasting and praying for you. And she said, I hesitate to say it because I don't like to tell people when I'm fasting, but I need to tell you that I was fasting and I was praying for you specifically. And as I prayed for you concerning the message you'd preach, she said, the Lord showed me a vision. She said, I saw God and I saw his heart. And she said, a gold liquid came out of the heart of God and it began to pour like a fountain. It just began to pour out of the heart of God. And it poured like a fountain into your mind, into my mind. She's telling me this. Hours before I preach, I was broken and humbled. She said, the liquid gold touched your mind and it flowed through your mouth and it filled this whole place. Lord, let your heart be here perpetually. We're not better than any, any other place. We're not better than any other place. But I feel like I, when I'm preaching to Tree of Life, I feel like I'm preaching to people who, who get the heart of God. It's that, it's that nuanced understanding of how to stand firm on principle and truth, but be loving and humble at the same time. I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell to do that or explain to do that. But when you're near the heart of God, and when his heart is here perpetually, and when his eyes are in every place, Lord, let us see through your eyes of understanding. Let us look upon this precious city that you love and came to save. Cincinnati and all its metroplex. 
Lord, let us see through the eyes of the Lord. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. I thank you that you brought us to this moment, that you brought us over every highway and across every raging river. I thank you that you soothed our doubts, that you calmed our fears. I thank you, God, that you dried our tears. I thank you, God, that you put it in the heart of your people to give. I thank you, God, that you gave us direction. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you put in the people a willingness to serve. Our executive team that met continually, prayerfully, meeting after meeting, on Zoom calls through COVID shutdown, looking at drawings over iPhones. God, I thank you that you gave us the resolve that when the smoke cleared and the dust settled, that there would be a church filled with the name of God, filled with the eyes of the Lord, filled with the heart of God. Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray that if there be any liquid gold that flows from your heart, I pray that it get into every one of our minds and flow out of every one of our mouths and fill every room we walk into. Lord, let us be who you call us to be. Let us be who you called us to be. God, it is not by our might. It is not by our power. But it is by your spirit. Saith the Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We bring our lamb and our oxen and anything valuable to us. And we put it in this hallowed middle court. And we say, Lord, take all that I am and receive it under yourself. I want to see my world saved. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Lord, when you look upon this confusion of the world, you don't look upon it with condemnation and hostility. You look upon it with a grieved love and a compassion that is unstoppable. Let that be true of us. Let that be true of us. Lord, let us commit ourselves to this cause. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. There is a work. There is a work for us to do. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel the wind of your spirit at our back. I feel the wind of your spirit in our back. Oh, refreshing winds of God. Move through this house, we pray. Move through our city, we pray. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Lord, let the ancient anointing of your Holy Spirit breathe upon us afresh and anew. Old landmarks, revive them. And let us walk boldly into the calling of your Spirit. I want every one of us to begin to lift up our voice unto him right now. I want you to bring your sheep, your oxen. I want you to bring what is valuable to you. I want you to bring your heart and say, God, let your heart replace my own. Lord, let your burden replace my own. Let your name and your eyes and your heart be in me perpetually. Let me love my brother and my sister. Come on, that's it. That's it. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. This is a place of consecration today. you to give your heart to God right now. Say, God, I don't even know how to do this. I'm giving you my heart. Let your heart replace my own. Let me feel your feelings. Worthy, worthy, That's it. Worthy, Lord, That's it. the glimpse of glory. Yeah. Sing once more. That's it. That's it, oh God. Forever. Oh God. And ever. Worthy, 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 Lord. Another glimpse of glory. Sing once more. Worthy, 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 Lord.
The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. I want you just to lift your hands all across this building and entertain that presence of God. This is the kind of an atmosphere where something deep inside of us can change. This is the kind of an atmosphere where things we can't normally get to, things we can't normally reach, things other people can't normally reach. Some things that are broken but need to be fixed because you can feel the dysfunction it causes in your everyday living. But there's an atmosphere right now where our hearts and our minds and our spirits are open. And the Spirit of the Lord can go places other people can't go. The Spirit of the Lord can go places that not even your own thoughts can go and can do things that your, your hands and your, your greatest of intentions can't do. I want you just to open yourself up to Him right now and say, Lord, I'm open to you. Lord, I'm open to you. I'm open to the work that you're doing in my spirit. I'm open to the work that you're doing in my spirit. I'm open to the work that you're doing in me as a person. Hallelujah. I'm open to the work that you're doing in me as a person. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. All across this building, the spirit of the Lord is moving. The spirit of the Lord is moving. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. Come on, you don't have to rush. You don't have to rush right now. Let the Lord, let the Lord go places that you don't even know how to get to. Let the Spirit of the Lord go places in your mind and in your heart. Just He'll move through you like wind through cracks and crevices. <laughs> He'll move into your spirit effortlessly like water through rivets of sand. He'll just flow. He'll just flow and nothing will prevent Him. Hallelujah. For He is your God. He is your Creator. <laughs>
atmosphere flowing for a little while. that there are t-shirts available in the lobby. $20 for short sleeve, $30 for long sleeve. You can just pay at Connect Point. We're so glad that you're here. Please feel free to stop in there and, and purchase one of those t-shirts. God bless you in Jesus' name.